Welcome to the Calvary Chapel South Bay Sermon Podcast. We are a large, multi-ethnic, multi-generational church in Los Angeles, California, and we'd love to have you visit us for a service if you're in the L.A. area. Visit ccsouthbay.org to learn more about us and to find out service times. If you have any questions, shoot us an email at hello at ccsouthbay.org. Enjoy today's sermon, and we hope to see you at church soon. It's great to be with you all, especially today on Easter Sunday morning. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Yeah. Would you pray with me? Father, we're so grateful for the resurrection. And Lord, as we go to your word this morning, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Jesus, as the song sang, please come today. It's in Jesus' name we all said. John reports on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark. And she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and she went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they've taken away the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they've laid him. Every one of us drove here in the darkness, just like the ladies who walked to the tomb before the sun rose. Now, we came here with great expectation. The choir couldn't wait to sing, and you couldn't wait to worship. But when they walked to the tomb, there was not celebration. There was mourning, and there was weeping. They were going to cover the body of Christ with spices that they had prepared. Mark tells us that when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, they bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb before the sun had risen. You see, they were on their way to Jesus, but what they believed about the resurrection affected the way that they behaved. And that's a question for each and every one of us. You see, it was still dark as the sun had not risen when they left their homes. But this darkness, it was more than the fact that the sun had not risen. This darkness was tangible. It was more than just the lack of the shining sun over the horizon. This darkness was something you could feel. And I'm sure... I'm sure as the ladies were walking in those early morning hours, they wondered if this is what the darkness felt like in the ninth plague in the land of Egypt in the days of Moses. They had just celebrated the feast of Passover. They had just discussed all of the plagues only three days earlier. But I wonder if this plague, and maybe their discussion was much more than the darkness. It was much deeper than the hour of the night. No, maybe this plague was more like the 10th plague. It was like the loss of the firstborn son. This kind of darkness is powerful. This kind of darkness is real. And maybe you've experienced it in your own life. Jesus even said before he died to the Pharisees, this is your hour and the power of darkness. Jesus knew that there was a power to darkness because truly there is a power to darkness. The ladies nor the disciples had any hope of the resurrection that we celebrate today. They went with burial spices. They thought that he was dead. In fact, they had lost all hope and that 
is the darkest place to be when you have no hope. Not only had the darkness covered the land for three hours prior to the death of Christ, darkness had covered over the hearts of the followers of Jesus Christ. Darkness had fallen over those that believed him, those that followed him, those that saw him do mighty things. You see, darkness can even fall over the heart of a believer. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 11, verse 10, but if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Darkness can cause believers to stumble. Darkness can even blind us. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 11, he who walks in darkness does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And our disciples... Our disciples were blinded and stumbling of the darkness they found themselves in. In fact, when the couple were walking to the road to Emmaus and Jesus showed up to this couple, they couldn't even recognize Jesus. They were so blind in the darkness of their moment. The walls were caving in around them. Fear had gripped their hearts. The night was filled with terror. They were greatly afraid. Jesus had told them that he would rise again, but the darkness that shrouded their heart blinded what was right in front of them so that when they saw the stone rolled away, Mark tells us that Mary ran and told the disciples that someone stole the body. The thought of the resurrection was nowhere near their mind. Each of his followers, those that believed, had succumbed to the power of the deadly deeds of darkness. The Magdalene, she was despairing in her loss. Peter was destroyed with grief due to his guilt of denying Jesus. Thomas was distraught with disappointment. Remember, he was the disciple that said, I'll die with him. They were so afraid and so doubting. Each of them doubted their decision to follow the man who was now dead. They were sure that their fate would soon follow what he went through, and that's why they hid in the upper room. They sent the ladies out to go and get the food. They were depressed with an immeasurable sadness. They were destitute and without hope. Paul said, if there is no resurrection, we're the most to be pitied. We should lie in the place of being destitute. They were disillusioned by dashed expectations. God did not do what they thought that he should have done. They were despondent with despair and discouragement. In fact, Mark 16, 10 tells us that when Mary showed up, they were all in the room and they were not celebrating. They were mourning and they were weeping. They were in a desolate desert that Simeon had prophesied to Mary a long time before that a sword would pierce their side. Truly, this time of darkness is a tangible moment that each of us can most likely identify within in our own lives. We're believers just like them, but we're walking in our own deadly deed of darkness, destitute with grief over the condition of our faith, distracted by the despair and discouragement of our own personal failure, distraught disappointed, disillusioned because God didn't show up the way that I thought he would and my life circumstances haven't landed me where I believe I should be. Truly, 
their belief about the resurrection had affected their behavior. And I'm wondering if our belief about the resurrection has affected our behavior as well. But something happened. Something happened as they drew nearer to that tomb. Matthew tells us that the earth began to shake and the sun began to rise. Now for them, it must have been an additional reason to despair as they felt the rumble of the earth. Now, if they had the expression back then, I wonder if the ladies said to each other, when it rains, it pours. Can you believe an earthquake on a day like today? They were blinded by darkness. They were stumbling around in despair. And as if it couldn't get worse, when they arrived to the tomb, the stone was rolled away. And according to John chapter 20, verse 2, Mary, she just ran to Peter and John and said, they've taken the Lord. They've stolen the body. She had no thought of the resurrection. And as she left... The other ladies that were left behind, they came in contact with angels, telling them he's risen just as he said. And instead of leaping for joy like we did today, not these ladies, the Bible says they ran in fear, not telling anyone because they were so afraid. Mark chapter 16, verse 8, so they went out quickly from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Truly, darkness had blinded them and caused them to stumble in faith. Anyone ever been there? Anyone ever been there? Let me look over here. I can't see around the speaker. Anyone ever been there? Has anyone ever been there? Has anyone ever been there? Let me come around the speaker over here. Has anyone ever been there? Blinded by your own darkness, stumbling in your faith? Let me tell you something. Despite their darkness... The sun had risen indeed, just as he said. Let me tell you something. He is alive. The grave of darkness was no match for the power of the resurrection. No matter how they felt about it, the stone was forced to roll away. When it seemed that all hope was lost and the enemy had won, when it seemed that the rituals of religion had defeated him, when it seemed the power of the government of Pontius Pilate had overruled him, as the hymn writer, hymn writer says, in that moment, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose the victor of the dark domain and lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose. Say it, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He arose. In fact, in Romans chapter 1, verse 4, Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Another version of the Bible puts it like this. He was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I need to let you know something. This word declared is the Greek word horizo. Now, I'm not going to get all theological. Just stay with me for just a moment. 
This word horizo is where we get our word horizon. It's why the other version of the Bible uses the word shown. Because darkness may be powerful, but no amount of darkness can withstand the power of the sun coming up over that horizon. The darkness will always yield to the rising of the sun. Paul used this word on purpose to express the power that's available to us if we will let the sun rise in our lives. In Romans chapter 8, verse 11, the Bible says, but if the, spirit of him but if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. This life that's available to you, it penetrates through darkness and allows you to have the abundant life that Jesus Christ died for you for. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 8, there is a powerful truth about this darkness and this light in the life of a believer. The Bible says that darkness passes and true light is already shining. You see, John is writing to believers and what he's saying is darkness will pass because the sun has breached the horizon. He's risen already. Christ, the Son of God, the light of the world, has risen. He has risen today. This is the hope of the resurrection for all of us. The hope of the resurrection is that darkness will pass and light will shine in your life. Now, while the sun is rising this morning, maybe the power of the resurrection needs to shake our faith. Maybe the power of the resurrection needs to move our barriers. And maybe the power of the resurrection needs to shine in the dark areas of our life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And he asked a question in John chapter 11. Do you believe this? Do you believe that I can penetrate through the darkness of your life? Do you believe that I can move the barriers in your life? Do you believe that I can shine light even in the darkest places of your life? Now you may say yes, and you may say that you do just as they did, but what does your behavior express about your belief? You see, our best answer is discovered by evaluating our actions. Are you still living in darkness? You see, what you believe about the resurrection will affect your behavior as a believer. Are you still walking in darkness of faith that looks more like a death march to a tomb? When you worship this morning, you worship like this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And why did you wake me up anyway? I mean, I told you I wanted to come to the 830 service. It's cold. I've been sitting out here for hours. God bless you. I mean, when you came to worship this morning, how did the song erupt out of your heart? You've got to evaluate what your life looks like to answer the question, do you believe this? Are you walking in the power of the resurrection that busts through the heaviness of that stone and exposed even the darkest part of the grave to light? What is it 
that no one else knows about you, that Jesus wants to shine light in the crevice of that darkness. You see, if anyone understands what it means to lie in darkness, it's our great high priest. He can sympathize with our weakness, for he lied in that darkness for three days. You are not alone. My brother's anniversary of his death, 13 years, April 6. And I met with someone who lost their brother just the Thursday before. And as she began to cry, knowing the anniversary of my brother's death was right around the corner, I began to weep as well. Let me tell you why. I understand. Jesus lied in the darkness for three days. He weeps with us in our darkness, and he says, I understand. But he didn't stay there. By the power of the resurrection, he thrust through that which buried him, and he rose again. You see, God has the, this kind of power available to us by faith. Resurrection power can remove the heaviness of shame. Resurrection power can remove the heaviness of discouragement and despair. Resurrection power shines light into the darkness of doubt and disillusionment and disappointment. It gives hope for a brighter future. It declares we can change. If his spirit provides the power for us and all we need to do is ask by faith. Jesus did all of the hard work so that all we have to do is come by faith. Let the church say amen. But the power of the resurrection does so much more than simply break through darkness. The power of the resurrection does so much more. You might think your depression, your distraught, your disillusion, you might think that that is the most overwhelming task. Well, let me tell you something. The sun does not look at the darkness as a task to overcome. It simply rises, and as it does, darkness has to flee. You see, the power of the resurrection does so much more than simply break through darkness. It provides the light for an abundant life in Christ. You see, in the same way the sun breaches the horizon and continues to soar into the sky until the brightness of day, the power of the resurrection is accomplishing the same thing in our lives. The wisest man in the world, Proverbs chapter 4, Solomon would write, the path of the just is like the shining sun, and it shines brighter and brighter until the perfect noon day. That's the truth of the resurrection. Are you living in the brightness of day with your faith? Or have you come out of the tomb, just like Lazarus did, wrapped in death clothes? Just imagine. Can you imagine the moment? He's dead four days. And Jesus walks up to the tomb, and he says... Lazarus. I wonder if Peter went like this. Oh gosh, he did not just call a dead man. I wonder if Matthew goes, we are going to lose a lot of money on this one. 
I wonder if James goes, let me get my sword out because people are going to come after Jesus now. When he shouted Lazarus, I wondered what the disciples were thinking. But I'm sure the crowd was just as quiet as you are now. And when Lazarus came walking out of that tomb, you would think he would coming out going, I'm alive. Look, I'm proof of the resurrection. I can't believe it. Look at me. I was dead for four days and now I'm alive. Not Lazarus. He came walking out like this. Jesus had to look at him and say, take the grave clothes off, Lazarus. You're walking in the power of the resurrection. How many Christians get saved, experience the power of the resurrection, but they're walking around like this? I can't tell anybody about the gospel, I'm afraid. I can't say anything about Jesus at work in California, I'm afraid. I can't, uh, what am I going to do here? I don't know. Wait, they want me to worship. Did he just say lift my hands? I can't. I'm wrapped in grave clothes. You're not living in the power of the resurrection. Jesus says, take the grave clothes off. You can't walk in the power when you're wrapped in the garments of death. Romans chapter 13, the Bible says the day's at hand. Therefore, cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh or its lust. Put on the power of the resurrection. Because of the resurrection, we have the power to walk in the newness of day. We're no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer slaves to darkness. Jesus has called us from the tomb. Come walking out, celebrating in the power of the resurrection. Paul prayed that we might know the power of the resurrection. And he wanted to know the power of the resurrection so that he might live to Christ and die would be gain. I have some questions for you. Are we walking around with the spices of death when we should be bearing the fruit of the Spirit? Are we spinning in the cycle of the failure of our flesh or asking for the power of the resurrection to walk in the newness of Spirit? Have we come to memorialize the tomb like the ladies did this morning? Or have we come to megasize our faith by the power of the resurrection? I'm talking about a faith that can actually move mountains. I'm talking about a faith that knows that all things are possible to him who believes. Paul prayed for this kind of faith for the church in Ephesus, and it's the kind of prayer that I'm praying for each one of you today. Listen, I pray, he says, from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit that you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power and work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. Glory to Jesus in the church and to in Jesus Christ through all generations forever and ever. Let the church say, Amen. You see, the church in Ephesus... 
They were wrestling with the weakness of flesh. They were lying. They were angry. They were using foul language. They were bitter. They were gossiping. And they were, mal- they were filled with malice. But God was calling them to be filled with the power of the Spirit, not wrapped in the grave clothes of the flesh. And this prayer Paul prayed. He was praying that God would fill them with the power of his spirit so that they could imitate his love to others. Paul was praying that they would walk in the power of the resurrection and wake from the slumber of comfort and convenience. Paul was praying that they would walk in the power of the resurrection and be wise to do God's will over going the way of the world. And maybe this sunrise... And maybe as the sun rises to the east, our own faith needs to be shook with an earthquake to the announcement, he is alive. He is alive. Church, as I invite the worship team, maybe we need to let the sun rise in our life. John the Baptist said it best. I must decrease and he must rise. He must increase in my life. You see, all of this is possible only by the power of the resurrection. I sat over here as I was listening to Alyssa's testimony and I began to weep because I'm reminded of the darkness that I've come from and I'm reminded that He rescued me from darkness and brought me to light. And when I hear Alyssa in the service go, whoa! Does it offend you? Or does it spur you to celebrate in the power of the resurrection that he took you from darkness and brought you to light? Does your faith represent Lazarus who came out in the power of the resurrection but was walking around in grave clothes or does your faith look like the sun and as it rises, it gets brighter and brighter and brighter to the full day of sun? Church, that's your choice. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for the power of the resurrection this morning. We worship you. We praise you. And we ask God now that you would move in this place by the power of the resurrection, by the power of your spirit. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. God gave me this message just for the sunrise service, and I believe it's for those of you that are sitting here this morning because God always brings who he wants to hear. This is a different message than the 8.30, the 10.30, and the 12.30. And the 8.30 may get a different one than the 10.30, and the 10.30 may get a different one. Who knows? We'll trust for the power of the resurrection if that happens. But believer, listen to me. Listen to me, believer. You're disappointed 
God isn't showing up the way that you wanted him to. You've got some darkness that you're walking in. And you've, you, you're saved. Jesus has called you out of the tomb. But you're wrapped in grave clothes. In fact, you're enslaved to the darkness. Jesus, just like he said to Lazarus, he says to you, take off the grave clothes. So we've left this altar free and open this morning. And I'm speaking to believers. Listen, I'm speaking to you. If you're sensing something, that's the power of the resurrection moving in your heart. He is rolling the stone away and light is beginning to pierce into the crevice of that darkness. And what he wants to do is roll the stone completely away so the whole tomb is filled and you can come walking out in the power of the resurrection. This message is for you. So believer, you're following Christ. You've been following Christ for 30 years. You've seen the great things that he's done, but you've never had the chance to walk in the power of the resurrection, wrestling with the flesh, falling into the cycle. God today, by the power of the resurrection, wants to set you free. This truth, Jesus says, will set you free. And like Alyssa said, he who is free is free indeed. But I know there are some that are invited here. And you're like, what in the world are you talking about? His name is Jesus. And you've tried everything in life. And you still come up empty. No amount of money has satisfied. No relationship has fulfilled. Because God has left a little hole in your heart that can only be filled by God himself. He's left it there because you were made in his image. And I know the world wants to communicate a different image, a, a different definition about your image and about your identity. But you've been made in the image of God and he's left a puzzle piece missing that only he can fill. So what you feel is the lack of his peace. And what he wants to do, and let me tell you something, we do puzzles every Thanksgiving. There is nothing more wonderful than when you find that last piece and you put it into the puzzle. In fact, one year we lost it. We lost it. We didn't find it until a few months later. It was in someone's pocket. And when we pulled it out of that pocket and put it in there, I still have that puzzle. I glued it to poster because we're keeping that puzzle. There's nothing like the last puzzle piece going in. God is calling you today and he brought you here for a reason. 
If you're a believer, he wants to shine light into that darkness. And if you don't know Christ, I'm going to ask that either believer, unbeliever, if you don't know Christ, that you meet me here at this altar and let's make it right with God. Say today, I'm going to live in the power of the resurrection. I'm taking grave clothes off. So as we begin to sing, you get up out of your seat. You come forward. We want to pray with you. Jesus Christ called his disciples publicly, so we're calling you today. Church, you be in prayer. If that's you, come forward. Move out of the way so that people can come. And let's pray and do business with God today. Would you lead us in worship? Would you come? Let the Spirit move in the power of the resurrection. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, and we hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you have any questions or just want to check us out, make sure to visit us at ccsouthbay.org. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week.